these. So these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Well, hi, Ryan. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? I'm doing well. How have you been? Tired. Yeah? I'm sure people are probably Especially tired of today. that answer. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. I got bit by a spider today at work. I feel like that is, at least at some point, um, just a byproduct of the job. You know, two and a half years of pest control, and I've got little bites, but that's the first time like a spider bit me, and I immediately was like, ow. That's a pretty good record. And then I stripped down in the middle of an alley. <laughs> Before I realized, I was like, oh, I'm shirtless. Give, give, giving somebody a show? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, 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 trust me. It's just, I got bit, I got bit. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the spider. I got to know anti-venom, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Did you see what kind of spider bit you? You know, all right, first off, they don't teach you. Like, so I have my license to identify pests. Yeah. Spiders, they don't go into a lot of depth on for that, though. Like, they want you to know black widows and brown recluses real bad. Yeah. That's it. The only ones that can kill you, right? Uh, yeah. At least around here. They're the ones that hurt, though. So. Yeah. But I at least got the colors of it. Okay. But. Watch out for anything brown or black as far as the spiders go. But I'm home. I have an IBC root beer. Super tasty. Which if would gladly take as a sponsor. Yeah. Gladly. Any day. Um, your floats all day. So I'm good. Okay. Good, good. Um, besides, besides work, everything's, everything's good. Uh, you guys been up, you guys been up to, up to much at home? No, we don't have all this remodel money that everybody seems to have. <laughs> you don't have your, you don't have your like fully fresh new garden no. uh, budget set aside? No, we, we, we have money for small things like new handles on the cabinets. <laughs> Dude, the Coke ones are awesome, though. Thank you. Yeah. But we we don't have, like, brand new deck and a pool money. No? I know Green, <laughs> I know Green Acres is just raking it in right oh, now. Oh, man. These places are making money hand over foot right now. If you're not in Sacramento, Never Green fist, Acres is our local fancy um, outdoor plant place. They got a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably mostly sold out right now. All anybody's doing, right? Home improvement projects. Shoot, I spend my day out in 105. I'm trying to be inside. Yeah. Oh, I do not. I yeah. I feel for you. The next couple days are supposed to be triple digits. It's been triple digits for like a month and a half. Sacramento has been kicking. Yeah. Well, I know in your full your full head to head to toe garb, it's a it's a hot that's a hot day. Sweat. Even if I was in like shorts and tank, I'd be covered in sweat. So yeah, got your. At least this way, I'm not burnt. True, that's true. Protected at least. Besides your pads that are outdated, you need to get those fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to breathe in poison. Yeah, no, don't do that. No pesticides for Ryan. Okay. So you're you're taking the lead on it this week. Yes, sir. Before we begin, I just want to remind everybody. So whatever story you've got. Send it into us. Send it into the Instagram Creepy Campfire Podcast. It's up on the Gmail or the Gmail Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. Send those in, and and I, I can't wait. I want to get that that put together. You can either type it out and send it to us that way, and then we'll read the story. Mm-hmm. If you want us to leave you anonymous, that's not a problem. Just let us know. Um, or if you want to record it on your phone and just send it in that way, that'd be legit, and we'll play you on the air. Oh yeah. So whatever works better for you. Email us with an attachment or something. Yup, yup. Please. So, I think that that's the only housekeeping I've got. So, Jordan, you take it away. What that's do you have beforehand? for us? Okay. So, we're going to do our, our story today. Mm-hmm. Is about the Springfield Three. Homer, Maggie, and Bart. Right. I know. There's a lot of Springfields, and that is the most common, the most popular. <laughs> uh, I, which one is that one supposed to be, though? I know I that think it is. at I... one point the creator said that he had specifically thought of a town, I thought. Oh, okay. or But he used the name because there was so many of them, I was about I to say, I thought they picked it because it's literally the most common United States city name. But I I thought I read somewhere that he like had intent 
as far as like what what place it was supposed to be. I don't know if he said it, what what it was or not. Probably some place in the Midwest. Well, this is Missouri. So there we go. There you go. Not far off. Um. So yeah, Springfield three. Uh, I wanted to do something that we hadn't done in a while. I feel like we haven't done a disappearance or uh, any you know one of those kind of not cases one like in a while. this. Yeah, we've done the ufos mm-hmm. but yeah as far as like abductions and stuff like that goes and people disappearing that way what was the travis walton well there was also the um what was it the uh out in yuba city the yuba yuba city five yuba yeah yuba city five i forgot i did that mm-hmm. one too springfield three yuba city five <laughs> little running uh running method here so uh i it caught my attention because it was it, this kind of took place in 1992 at okay. least that's when they all disappeared. That was the year I was born. Happy birthday to me next month. Well, 24th of this month, actually. God, that's coming up. What are we doing, Ryan? What oh, are we doing? You, you tell me it's your birthday. I think we're doing dinner. I think that's about it. That's about all we can do right now. <laughs> Everybody enjoy your birthdays, but be responsible. So the Springfield 3 refers to uh, an unsolved missing persons case that began on June 7th, 1992. Uh, it popped up on my feed last uh last month actually on the anniversary of it because i like look into articles and stuff like that and i get Mm -hmm. suggested stuff off of that um so that was what 20 28 yeah 28 years ago unsolved case for 28 years speaking of unsolved cases sorry i have to like did you see that unsolved mysteries is coming back on on the one on netflix yeah 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 i know it's like number one as far as their like top 10 right now yeah i want to watch it like that's, that's right I, up our alley. I remember being a kid and being like a little scared to watch it mm-hmm. and watching it anyway. Is this like a re, a revamping of a prior? You've show? never heard of unsolved mystery mysteries? I thought that I thought that there was one that was like a true crime kind of thing, Jordan. not specifically like a supernatural. But that's what this is too. They covered every, everything. They, yeah, I was going to say, they get. it seems like they get into a little bit like what yeah. we get into, too. Yeah, the OG Unsolved Mysteries, they, they were like that, too. They talked about just about anything. A lot of times it'd be disappearances or murders that got away yeah. and aren't, like, they're still looking for them and stuff like that. But they, they would dip their toes into, like, aliens and all kinds of stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if we're watching that together, but we're watching it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, so the three... Um, the, the Springfield Three. It's mentioning uh, Sus- friends Suzanne, Susie, Streeter, mm-hmm. um, and Stacy, Kathleen McCall, as well as Susie's mother Cheryl Levitt. They all went missing from Levitt's home in Springfield, Missouri. Let me make sure I this right. Susie, Cheryl, Cheryl's mom. Susie, Stacy, and then Susie's mom Cheryl. Susie, Stacy, Cheryl. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Susie and Cheryl, mom and daughter. Cheryl's the mom. Sorry, out of order. Uh, Cheryl Elizabeth Levitt was 47 in 1992, time of her disappearance. Uh, she was a cosmetologist at a local uh, salon and a single mother to Susie. And uh, their their relationship was described as really close. You know, they uh, they got along really well, and they were they were good friends as far as parents and kids can be. So yeah, so she, uh, Cheryl was 47. Close with uh, Susie, her daughter. Susie was 19 at the time, and her friend Stacy was 18. So this all happened um, the night of their graduation from high school. So they had been going out to a couple different graduation parties that night, mm-hmm. hanging out with some of their friends. Um, and they had intended to stay the night at one of their friends' place, um, a, a Janelle Kirby. They intended to stay at her place, and the next day they were going to go off to like a water park and kind of celebrate. Okay. Pretty wholesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, a couple kids having fun. Well, I would assume, you know, it's kicking off summer. Mm -hmm. Perfect way to do it. So was mom in tow? Was she chauffeuring them? Mom is at home. Okay. While the kids are out and about um, at the parties. Okay. Because they're 18, 19. You don't want your parents around that. No, no, no. Anyways, yeah. But but yeah, mom's at home. Cheryl's at home. Stacy and Susie are out. Um, They were at weird. They were at a couple parties. The last time that they are seen or heard from is between 1 and 2 a.m. of the... um, of, of the 8th so they had been partying all night and then they decide to go back to Susie's place slash Cheryl's place their their house uh, as opposed to staying the night at, at Kirby's because she was having the party there 
So they head back home, and that was the last time that anybody had seen or heard from any of them. Uh, Cheryl had a phone call the night before at like 11.15. Uh, so like a so June sixth. No no no. Yeah, the night before would have been June sixth. Yeah, so June sixth, Cheryl has a uh, has a call about um, with one of her friends about refinishing painting a, uh, an armoire, and that's her last conversation, as noted. This sucks so, to be your last conversation. Yeah, right. About to go do a job for a friend. That was talking about up. an armoire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That 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 being your last, uh, your farewell. Yeah. Potentially. So uh, yeah, the the party was at this uh, Janelle Kirby's house. Right. That they were partying at. Um, so they decided that house was too crowded. They wanted to go back home to uh, Susie's house. So uh, that's at seventeen uh, Streeter, Susie Streeter slash Cheryl Levitt's house is a uh, seventeen seventeen East Delmar Street. And they graduated from Kickapoo High. Should we put their address Kickapoo High School. It was public knowledge. Okay. It was it was in, like, every one of the articles that I read. So okay. I assume it's probably not. I have a ways <laughs> back. I don't know. True. Well, I, just, I didn't want whoever currently lives at 1717 to get some visitors. True. Like, is this the house? Yeah. Yes, it's the house for the last time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, even well, not that you would really find anything. <laughs> so we'll just say, don't trespass, don't please do that. Yeah. and kindly. So, the presumption is that they arrived because uh, their clothing, jewelry, purses, and vehicles were all present the next day. Um, so Levitt was last heard from that night before. Cheryl was last heard from that night before at eleven fifteen. Um, and she was talking about that armoire. The supposed timeline of how everything went down is potentially skewed, a little muddled, uh, because the same people who saw the girls the night before, Kirby uh, and her boyfriend, were the first people to get to the house the next morning to check on them because they never came over to go to the water park. So their perception could have been a little skewed, they say, a little convoluted. Um, but yeah, so they are the, the first people to show up the next morning. They get there around nine. Uh, Kirby and her boyfriend visit the house after Streeter and McCall, so Susie and Stacy, um, fail to show up. So they were supposed to leave from Kirby's place to go to the water park. Um, but when they arrived at Susie's place, they found the door open. So they entered. Uh, they had found like no sign of like any problems there because everything. There was nothing like broken or nothing thrown about or anything mm -hmm. like that. Everything was kind of laid out how it was, mm -hmm. how they assumed it would have been the night before. The only thing that was out of place was that a glass lampshade on the porch. Um, so, like, what would have been over the light bulb mm -hmm. was shattered onto the porch, but okay. the light bulb was still intact. The only potential clue. So, it would be nice. They sweep, they sweep the glass up and out of the way, uh, which could have potentially skewed evidence as well kind of messed with a uh, crime scene mm. a little later on um i can see that being a nice little like midwestern nicety though mm -hmm. like yeah you got glass on your porch i'm gonna go i'm gonna go clean yeah, it up because like they were obviously close like they were going to a water park together so mm -hmm. they were invited to a party like yeah they, all these people are obviously yeah. close um so yeah so they enter the house they find no no sign of any of the of the ladies uh, each of the women's cars were parked outside. One witness reports seeing a green Dodge van in the area, but police were unable to identify the vehicle or owner. I will never have a van. No. Because <laughs> apparently just having it makes you a target. It makes you a, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a green van around there. Yeah. Not that it was driving slow down the street or acting weird mm -hmm. or parked with its lights off. And like, literally, that's it. Like, there was nothing to draw attention to that besides it being a van. It existed. Yeah, it existed in the area. And it really um, doesn't have anything to do with anything until a little bit later on. Okay. But it's not crucial still. It's like, why do people get... <laughs> I'm with you. Don't get vans, guys. Unless it's a Pacifica. Those things are cool. They're huge. This episode, not sponsored by Pacifica. Not <laughs> sponsored by Chrysler. But I'll take one. <laughs> Um, okay, so 
so yeah, the, the, the porch light was shattered. Uh, bulb was still in place, though. Uh, he swept the glass off the porch like a nice guy, but police later determined that he could have p- destroyed potential evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, inside the house, Kirby found Levitt and Streeter's dog. They had a dog, a little Yor- uh, Yorkshire Terrier named Cinnamon. You know, a cute little guy. Like Yorkshire Terrier, pretty small. Little, little I had one. They can be mean sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> me a little yipper. Um, apparently, it appeared a little agitated. As they will. As they will. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> That's not necessarily uncommon. Um, so while inside, while they're like kind of just looking around, checking the place out, they answer two different phone calls to made to the house phone. Hmm. Uh, I don't know who just answers the phone in a, in their friend's house. I mean, I well, if you can't find them, and plus, yeah, well, and we're talking nineties. You got to remember that That's too. That's the only thing. It's like time wise, I feel like this is all like you forget how nice people were. Yeah, <laughs> how neighborly people could have been in the nineties. Yeah, because we're we're talking no cell phones. Mm-hmm. So if nobody's there, they might think, oh crap, it's it's nine thirty, and we were supposed to meet them. Yeah, maybe they're there. So like maybe if we call. They might answer because they might be there waiting on us. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I agree, it's not the first inkling. Like maybe let it go to voicemail and then you know check check it out. Yeah, because we're talking like no caller ID probably. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. Hello, the uh, Levitt residence. Levitt residence. <laughs> uh, so apparently, two very disturbing phone calls. All right. Um, she called it strange and disturbing, from an unidentified male. Who made sexual innuendos? Oh, that's fun. She hung up immediately after the first one and received another call of a sexual nature. Again, hanging up the phone. Was it like back to back, or was there like a? Uh, it doesn't say, but I'm assuming back to back. Yeah, I'm probably. Pro- probably just the same guy. But super weird. So you're in an empty house. Yep. Door was open. Yep. Light was broken. Mm-hmm. We got pervert McGee on the phone. Yeah. Talking to a friend who's just looking for a friend. I think we're talking, I'm going to call the cops and write about now. Right? <laughs> you would think. They're not the ones to do it, though. That's unfortunate. So they go out looking for them after they, you know, they totally bypass whatever the hell was just said to her on the phone. Let that lie, I suppose. Um, so they go out looking for Several hours later, uh, McCall's mother, Stacy McCall, the friend mm-hmm. of the daughter, mm-hmm. um, she visits the house after failed attempts to reach her by phone. Uh, instead, inside, she noticed all three women's purses were sitting on the floor in the living room, lined up and open. Which didn't necessarily make sense to me. Right, like if you're going through, like what's good in this one, what's good in that yeah. one. Yeah, but neat, but next to each other and open. Yeah. Strange. And nothing, like, thrown out to the side or anything. Everything in its place. Money was there and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. not a robbery situation of any sort. Like I said, the jewelry's intact. Everything's... Yeah. The only thing that's out of... Well, not even out of place is that Levitt's bed looked like she had slept in it. Some girls are an open, open purse kind of girl, though. True. But, I mean, how often do you... I mean, unless you have, like, you know, you've got your key bowl when you walk in the house. I mean, how often do you just... Do you, All three do you, you have set a key bowl? Your, oh, I definitely don't. That's what I'm saying. Say. Like, how many people are how many people are going to set all three of their things, their purses, right next to each other? I know. My wife well, comes in the door and she throw, throws her purse across the room. But we're talking about three ladies' purses. Yeah. And I know usually with one guest. And I know usually it's like, oh, that's where you put your purse. Okay, that's where I'm going to put my purse because I know this is like the purse zone. So like, that's what I'm saying. If there is a designated purse zone, that's for for us being guys. It's like you show up with a jacket. You don't just throw your jacket anywhere. True. You look and you see where the homeowner's jacket is, and you're like, okay, I'll hang it there because that, this is the coat area, and I don't want to look like I'm making a mess out of your house. I get that for sure, but and I get it. Say, it they're lined say, up, and it doesn't say that they're out in like the middle of the floor or anything like that, which would be weird. But yeah. but that all three of them are open. I don't know. I, sp- I suppose. It, it's definitely a detail to note. I for sure will say mm-hmm. that. I'm just trying to think of any rational... You kind of have to look for stuff like that in this one, because there's not a whole lot to go off of. But that's that's also the thing about it, is there's not a lot to go off of these disappeared people. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So, um, okay. So, she... So, the mother's... So, McCall's mother is there. Stacy's mom is there. 
Um, she noticed that all the purses were there. Saw her daughter's clothing neatly folded from the night before next to Stace, uh, next to Susie's. And Levitt and Streeter's cigarettes were also left inside the house. Which, it, apparently that's something to note too. If they were avid smokers, I guess that they wouldn't want their smokes. They weren't smoke three, free in 93 yet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're shy. Just a year shy. So, this is a small jump, but don't, don't get thrown. So, in a 2017 interview with uh, KY3, I don't know if that's like Kentucky 3. No, but KY3 no, is like Sacramento's like KC something. Yeah, just a news station, I think. Yeah. Um, this was an interview with Stacy McCall's mom. She said, I was thinking, I can't move any of this stuff because I know that something's wrong. Like, apparently the way that stuff was laid Good out. Good foresight. Yeah. Uh, she said, we were calling everyone to know, uh, to everyone we knew to see if they were, you know, at anybody's house by chance. KY3, uh, by the way, is just local Springfield news. Oh, cool. Yep. There we go. Uh, she said she was getting more concerned by the minute. She says, I knew something was wrong. I thought they would be home right away, and I was angry when I couldn't find her. Of course. Um, I expected her to be home that night and the next day, maybe a couple of days afterwards, uh, but never in my wildest imagination did I ever think that I would be 25 years later saying Stacy is still missing. So that's 25, yeah, so 25 years later, a couple years ago. So Janice called police. She's the first one to call the police uh, from inside the home, from the home's telephone. To report him with uh, to report the women missing after placing uh, after placing the call while checking the phone's answering machine. I guess that's that makes sense. Um, she listened to another strange message. Didn't it didn't really impart what was on there. So what pervert McGee? I mean, it might have been, but he wasn't it being pervert been. McGee. It, it could have been, um, but it was somehow erased from the tape afterward. Um, police were very interested in the call and believed it may have contained a clue, but they also didn't believe that it was connected to the prank calls, potential prank calls that uh, Kirby had received while mm-hmm. she was in the house. A lot of weird... St- Why would you not believe that, though? Right? You got weird calls earlier. I mean, unless they hadn't already all communicated. I don't know. Um, so this was, by the time she had contacted the police, it was over more than 16 hours the, since anybody had seen them. Okay. Um, by the time she had called them from the phone inside the house, mm-hmm. it had been 16 hours. It had hours. been more than 16 hours since the Since they seen them seen. at like 1 a.m. Yep. Okay. So, um, and other worried friends and family called and visited the home the following day. Police later estimated that the crime seat had been corrupted by 10 to 20 people who visited Levitt's house before they got there. How many people do you have through your house in a day? Like, on, on any given day? 10 to 20 people coming in before? Or that's is that the police slacking, or do you just have a crazy amount of people coming through your place? Um, yeah, so 16 hours later, it doesn't say that that's when the cops get there, but by the time that the police have been through, 10, 10 or 20 people have already come through this place, potentially damaging evidence. So upon the officer's arrival, the scene showed no signs of struggle except for the shattered porch light. Um, they also noted that Levitt's bed looked like it had been slept in. All the personal property was left behind, including the purses, money, cars, keys, cigarettes, and the dog. That's, that's a strange one. I mean, if anything, why would they pick up and leave without the dog if they were just leaving? Um, So back to 1992. By December 31st, um, this guy calls the America's Most Wanted hotline with apparent information on the case. So that's... Six months later? Because it was July? Yep. Mm -hmm. Six months later. Uh, the call was disconnected before the operator could get them through to um, local police in, Minia- in uh, Missouri. And he just called and said he had information. Yeah, he said that they. He said that he knew where they were. Yeah. But then the call was never able to be completed. Right. A lot of strange circumstances. Um. So. Police say. Um, that the caller had prime knowledge of the abductions. 
and publicly appealed for uh, the man to contact them, but he never did. Like, he never called back, never tried to share what he, what he knew anymore. Uh, so Cheryl's sister, Deborah Schwartz, had her sibling and niece declared dead in 1997. A couple years, five years later. After. So they say they have, they've gotten over 5,200, uh, what do you call it? Like call-ins or uh, tips okay. about this that haven't led anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I'm wondering how many. I'm wondering how many of those happened in that initial five years, though, before she declared her dead. Right. And then it's hard too, like, is how many of them are. You go because you, I think, too, we're talking nineties pre cell mm-hmm. phones. Yeah. So you're at Walmart. You see someone who looks like this person that you just saw on Dateline last night. Yeah. But you have to wait till you get back home to call the police. And then who knows where they are? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, I saw them at Walmart. It's like, okay. Before we have a big, bigger police forces and better communication between them. Well, it's like, yeah, like even if they go there now, it's like, well, they might have a general area. Yeah, but, but that's if they're traveling interstate, like, yeah, it's crazy how well some some police were able to deduce things back back oh, in the yeah. day. Some real, uh, some real gumshoes, some investigators. Absolutely. But it's just, it definitely doesn't make it easy. So, like, with, I imagine it takes quite a few tips before they could really get something concrete. Yeah, it's like, how many of those are reliable? Mm-hmm. I'm sure only a percentage, um, if any. Um, so Deborah Schwartz uh, said she said, I've, I have had a lot of dreams with Cheryl in them. However, their case files are uh, still officially filed under missing. Mm-hmm. So, she... I wonder though if they're, if they're officially declared dead. She she declared him dead, but I'm I don't know if that means, I'm, well, their case files, for so whoever's files those are. Well, that's what I was about to say. I wonder if you're. If they're still you, considered missing. It, okay, I was like, because if you're officially declared declared dead, I would imagine that transferring all your records and any open cases would then become closed. Right, and they're still no, they're still taking tips. They're still. Mm. I mean, I don't know if they're actively investigating it, mm-hmm. but they apparently they still get calls about it. Um, so a little bit later, so that was in 1997. She declares her dead. Back in 1993, uh, investigators searched about 40 acres in Webster County, in a, uh, in a neighboring county, mm-hmm. that had been searched in a previous missing persons case. A uh, search warrant confirmed that they were looking for the three missing women. Right. So they, so it's it's hard because like that's you, they set the scene for this, and then you get those couple of clues, not even really clues, and then other than that, you just have these tips mm-hmm. that have come in, and the way they just it's like they don't even know where to start. So they receive a tip that women's bodies were buried in the foundations of a of a south parking lot at a Cox Hospital. This was in 2007. So like I'm sorry to be jumping around, but they're all over the place. So 07, a parking lot's being concrete's being poured. Somebody thinks they threw them in the concrete. Yes. So the Cox Hospital, the the foundation for that had been laid in '93. Okay. But in 2007. This crime reporter, uh, Kathy Baird, invited uh, Rick Norland, uh, who is a mechanical engineer, to scan a corner of the parking garage with ground-penetrating radar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Norland found three anomalies roughly the same size that he said were consistent with a gravesite location. Uh, Two of the anomalies were parallel, and the other was perpendicular. Police spokesperson Lisa Cox said that the person who reported the tip provided no evidence or logical reasoning. Hmm. behind the theory uh she also said that the parking garage had begun uh, construction in september of 93 uh, over a year after the dis- disappearances so how likely that is I'm not really sure uh digging up the ar- area digging up the area and subsequently reconstructing reconstructing the structure would be extremely costly and without any reasonable belief that the bodies could be located there it is illogical to do so but isn't that the point of the ground penetrating radar 
you would think that if you, you actually found something like that, that you would do something about it. Yeah. But then they go out there and they find that just to be like, well, it's going to be too expensive to do to dig. Unless we have proof. And it's like, well, what do you call? Right. Because even if it's not these people, like, it could be somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, like, I mean, I guess it could be a six-foot-long pipe that just got thrown in with the concrete and caused it. But, but if So you um, don't want to do all that for over a pipe. Would ground penetrating radar be picking up on something like that specifically? I mean, it's, or I mean, I'm sure that it picks up on stuff like that, but would it be mistaken for that? Well, I think it all it it does is um is find like spaces, so it's you're it's just bouncing back, kind of pinging. Yeah, yeah. That so makes sense. it's not like it's coming back and being like, oh, we found some zinc. It's like, oh it was like the same consistency through this concrete and then there was an open gap or there's something that's not concrete some kind of pocket there yeah gotcha so for those those reasons um spd does not intend to to do anything about it uh, investigators determined the lead was not credible anyways again Which, how is again, it not credible again, they like, yeah, found something every little bit that they've gotten like every little breadcrumb that they seem to get just seems to they, they're just mm-hmm. pushing it off uh, so in 1996 KY3 investigative reporter Dennis Graves traveled to a Texas prison to interview uh, Robert Craig Cox not to be confused with that Cox hospital uh, he was a convicted kidnapper and robber and the suspect in a murder in Florida. And he told journalists that he knew the three women had been murdered and buried and claimed their bodies would never be recovered. In 92, he had been living in Springfield, which makes him, I suppose, credible. Uh, and he was interviewed then. Um, but he told investigators that he was with his girlfriend at church the morning after the women disappeared, which he corroborated. And, um, however, she later recanted her statement and said that Cox had asked her to say that. Cox, I mean, even if that was the case, that's the morning after. It's the morning after, yeah. It doesn't account for what he was doing the night of. Which, apparently, uh, he says that he was at his parents' house the night of the disappearance. Cause I'm, I'm, doesn't say how old he was at that point in 92, or in, uh, in 96. But he was at his parents' house the night of the disappearance, and they confirmed that as well. Um, so, again, it's like a dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that interview was subpoenaed by authorities and presented before a grand jury called on the case in 1996. The grand jury never handed down any charges as far as um, implications in the ladies' disappearances. Uh, authorities were uncertain if Cox was involved in the case or if he was just seeking recognition for the alleged murders because mm-hmm. nobody even knew that they were supposedly murdered. They just knew that they were missing. Um, so they weren't sure if he was issuing false statements. He stated to authorities and journalists he would disclose what happened to the three women after his mother died. Which apparently still hasn't happened because he hasn't <laughs> said shit. Sorry. <laughs> My one bleep. No, you're fine. He hasn't said anything. Uh, so the case remains unsolved. In spite of upwards of 5,000 tips from the public, um, in June of 1997, a bench was dedicated to the women inside the victim's memorial garden in Springfield's Phelps Grove Park. Um, with the assistance from the FBI, Missouri State Highway Patrol, and numerous other law enforcement agencies, the uh, the Springfield Police Department SPD says authorities have conducted an extensive investigation into the lives of the missing women. But there have been no positive leads concerning the reason for their disappearance or their location. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Without being bleak, I mean, like, I feel like no matter what, like, they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. It's just where are they dead? Where are they? Yeah. And how did the dead happen? Yeah. So... There's a brother. Okay. Like Susie's brother? Or Cheryl's brother? Susie's brother. Okay. So Cheryl had another kid. Who apparently wasn't there the night that they all disappeared. I mean, was he out? The- but we'll get to him. Okay. Um, I just thought it was strange that 
as as much as I read on this, there he was he was only mentioned one time, mm-hmm. and not at all during the initial case. Um. So now police are in the city have told people that they still receive several leads a week, with officers continuing their investigations. The nature of the leads are not known, and it's unclear if the police are actually investigating them. Um, Rick Bookout, who was the initial officer on the scene, uh, said it's the strangest unsolved case this city's ever seen. Obviously. You don't have anything Mm -hmm. to go on, so... Um, Since their disappearance, police have questioned Susie's older brother, Bart. He was estranged from his family and struggling with alcohol addiction, Mm -hmm. uh, but he passed a polygraph test when questioned about it. Yeah. Um, In 2002... Investigators went to a concrete company, also in Webster County, after two women told police there were men there who drove a green van. Okay, return to the van. Yeah, return to the van. Cadaver dogs were brought in and hit on three spots, and bones were recovered. But after testing, it turned out to be far too old to be the women. Mm-hmm. So definitely don't buy a van because apparently no matter what you're gonna end up with skeletons in your <laughs> in your back seat. How bonkers is that? That a random green van in a neighboring county years later, somebody happened to remember that one was seen in the area, mm-hmm. so they call on it, and they still find bodies there, but not the ones that they're looking for. Yeah, dude. I mean, it could be a link. Maybe and as as grasping at straws as it, as it is, it could be like these weren't the like the three ladies weren't the only victims. That's, I mean, if this is a string of occasions, I feel like if you push it to that extent, to where you would kidnap three women, and I'm, I'm assuming killed them, I feel like you'd probably do that another time, especially yeah. if you got away with it and you get a little cocky about it. Yeah, if you did this time and there's no proof. Or maybe you've done were, it before. The bones were older, so maybe they were the original ones that gave him the confidence to do this crime. And how crazy is that? Yeah, they find bones, but they're from a case even before that? I don't even know. It's insane. Um, well, did they... I'm sorry, I can't remember. Did they find the bones in the van, or did they find the bones in the quarry that the van led them to? Apparently in the van. Okay. So I was like, this poor van guy could have just been at showing up to work one day. And they were just at his job. Well, okay. Well, okay. So it says that they went to a concrete company and that cadaver dogs hit on three spots. So maybe... I mean, if they found bones, I would assume... I mean, if it's too if it's too expensive to drill into the parking garage, I'm assuming they're probably not just going to go drilling if dogs smell something under the... It has to be the van. Well, I don't, I mean, think, they, I don't think they could smell inside concrete. That's what I'm... Yeah, so where... But then again, would you have... At a concrete place, would you have already set concrete? You'll have mix and things like that. You won't have, like... Yeah, but, I mean, if we're talking about something that is this old, I would assume it had to be the van. Why did they say... I don't know why they would say three different spots, though, if it's within one van. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I feel like it's around the concrete place. Yeah. Surrounding area? Yeah. It's also obscure. Um. So, again, in April of 2003, so this is year after year, uh, tips lead investigators to farm uh, farmland south of Cassville, mm-hmm. which is close. Using backhoes, they dug huge holes, but only managed to find two pieces of possible evidence. One, uh, possibly of blood, and the other, the section of a green vehicle. Perhaps the green van that witnesses say they saw back in 92. Mm. Mm. Another green vehicle and blood in a random area. Mm. It's It feels like it's stacking up towards something. Like a string of things. Which is surprising that they hadn't connected those. Um, investigators sent the blood evidence to a specialized lab, but after extensive testing results, it was inconclusive. So yeah, case has been featured... On shows like 48 Hours, mm-hmm. uh, America's Most Wanted, uh, Investigation Discovery aired the Springfield 3 on its Disappeared TV series, 
In 2016, the case was profiled on the podcast The Vanished. Um, and then in 2019, Bart Streeter, the brother, uh, was arrested on suspicion of public intoxication, disorderly conduct, and attempted false imprisonment from an unrelated incident in Tennessee. Uh, he was once investigated over the cold case years ago, but eventually eliminated as a suspect. Yeah. Just having problems of his own, I suppose. I was say, I feel like that guy just had a rough life. Yeah. Wondering how estranged he was. Um, so people in Springfield are still wondering where these women could be. They, uh, they question, the, the question what happened to them remains a mystery. Mm-hmm. They were wonderful people, fun people, just normal people, said Stephanie Appleby, a uh, friend of Stacy and Susie in 2017. That ain't the most all-American name I've heard in my life. Stephanie Appleby. <laughs> Isn't that great? Or if it's Appleby, I don't know. It's B-Y. Appleby. Appleby sounds better. <laughs> um, we all carry them with us in our hearts now and pray that, still pray, that they come home and we get some sort of closure. Mm. Janice McCall, though, vows never to give up believing her daughter could still come home. And here we are 28 years mm. later. 29. 29 years as of last month and they're gone vanished without a trace there's no suspects no suspects the few that there were apparently admonished and proven well I don't know about proven innocent but there's nobody that that, um, like these girls didn't have any enemies that's what mom I was about didn't to say. have any enemies. That's mom was what I was thinking of. I can't. Not Sheila. Not Shelby. Uh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl. Like, Stacy. Susie. <laughs> Cheryl. Stacy. Susie. Cheryl didn't have nobody that was like hitting on her weird or anything like that. Right. No turn turn down patrons at the bar or something or like there had to be something for for these because I feel like these phone calls are related. Like I feel like I feel like they have to be perfectly like that's the that seems like the most unresolved link is the phone calls. I feel like in some way the guy knows that somebody's in there and he like is watching them. As You'd he's have to be, and that's what I was about to say. Somebody would have had to have like been watching the house to Seriously? know someone was in there to call. Yeah. And I'm like, as much as. <laughs> what if they were just across the street the whole time? That would be yeah. Mm. That's all that it was. They were the neighbor across the street. I don't even know. I don't even know. That's one. I mean, there's there's no... The one bit of evidence which I'm like, you can't get mad at the guy for sweeping some glass. No. If I showed up to a buddy's house and he has a broom on the porch, like, I'm not going to go into his house, into his closet, get the broom, come yeah. back out. But if there's a broom by the front door, yeah, I'll sweep it up for him. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to walk out and get cut. For anybody's sake, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, that being, like, the most solid piece of evidence you would have had. But, like, let's be real. It's not like you would have got fingerprints off of it. That's what I'm saying. Didn't even didn't even matter. There's just, there's no trace. No trace of them. I wonder who the dog ended up with. Oh, Maybe yeah. the sister. <laughs> little cinnamon. Little cinnamon. What happened to cinnamon? I don't know. Poor little cinnamon. Poor Springfield three women, ladies. Cheryl, Stacy, Susie. Um, I just don't. I it was uh, this was so strange to me. There were so many almosts, mm-hmm. like too many. Yeah, and too many weird things that happened, but before the cops got there, they could trace down the numbers of who called, can't they? Uh, of like home phone lines and yeah, stuff like that. Because yeah, like I, I know assume. it's the nineties and like, but like you could still call the phone company and get the phone record. Because mm-hmm. you still like you would get billed for long distance, so you had to get no like keep records of that long distance call and how long it was. And I'm so I'm not sure if uh, if um, Stacy or who took the call, Jean, Jeanette, the Cur- the Kirby girl, the yeah, girl who got who right. took the call. I don't know if she described it as a prank call or if that's just what the cops took it as. But, that, but apparently point, it wasn't serious enough for them to warrant like, looking into. If you've got nothing else, at what point do you grab at anything? Right. Especially a pervert calling the phone. That's what I'm saying. 
You get two creepy calls back to back, and you can't find anybody who's supposed to live here? You Yeah. I got questions. Like, you don't look at the phone record and then look who that number belongs to and show up at their house? Yeah. Why were you tongue flicking over the phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't want I don't know what the innuendos were. It's probably for the best. Yeah. But I, yeah, I can. It's crazy. Yeah, there's just nothing. There was nothing. No concrete leads. Even the concrete wasn't concrete lead. Both both situations. But I mean, two green vehicles. Bones in one of them. But the bones are verified, not theirs. Verified, not theirs. Like, and then blood at the other lo- at the location of another green vehicle, apparently hidden in a way. Hmm. It sounds like a reoccurrence, or at least just not the first time. In their case, yeah, I feel like I feel like they're dead, like in the town or just a town over. I don't feel like it's like New Mexico, their bodies will turn up. No. No, I don't think so either. They could be. I mean, they could be those uh, abscesses underneath the parking structure, but we'll never know. We will never know. Hmm. And I, <laughs> I'm i sorry this one doesn't have necessarily more of like a, I suppose, something to weigh in on. It's just, it was... Yeah, because there's not even any suspects to there's be like. No suspects, do so you think they did it? it? <laughs> I mean, did they just disappear of their own fruit and like their own? Exactly, because I don't think the brother is probably the closest thing to that, and I don't think he had anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old he was at the time, but you know, obviously not as old as Cheryl. I mean, forty-seven. Yeah, old enough. Probably just a little bit older than the kids if he's estranged. Yeah. So maybe a little, you know, mid early mid twenties. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, no pretty bow for this one. Still being looked into actively. So, if anybody has any leads, don't call us. Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> you see any green vans? Don't don't leave the home and then drive around trying to find them. Call the police. And if there's a empty home with like, you know, even if stuff looks amiss, but not necessarily messed up, maybe maybe don't go treading heavily. If you're gonna if you're gonna call the police or something, I don't know. It was a different time. <laughs> People are more skeptical. I feel like nowadays. It's because of things like this, though. Yeah, for sure. So. You walk up, you walk up, and you see you see any house with an open door and not some not somebody right inside or outside of that door, then you're. Oh, my job is to go into people's houses sometimes, or yeah. like simply to knock on door. And I see open doors, and I'm like, I'm not going in there. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. You? Instant, instant, mini panic. <laughs> like uh, I'm fine. I'm not freaked out, but I'm not walking through your house. <laughs> Definitely not touching your stuff. No. Or taking your phone calls. Opening no doors. <laughs> not doing nothing. And I won't sleep your glass. I'm sorry. No. Unless you get a broom readily available. Well, Jordan, you left us with a big heaping pile of nothing. I know. <laughs> I know this is a sad one, but I liked that there was no logical mm-hmm. explanation. I mean, even the last one that I did, the um, the Yuba, the Yuba 5, there was a couple of, I mean... There's you know, at least found, some things to go bo- off of. You found bodies. There were some suspects. Suspects. Uh, witnesses, witnesses. You know, yep. testimonies. No. You mm. got a green van. You got a green van that's in the neighborhood. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah. So I would uh, I would have to agree with you. I think I mean they're I think they're definitely dead. Um, who knows? Maybe they're just they're alive, but they're in a cult somewhere. Yeah, or <laughs> I, I suppose off vacationing, not caring about cinnamon too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like the dog is. Too that's why the anyways. door was left open. That way, cynic, <laughs> he would get out. He'd let find him, some you know, new people. Let him go. Yeah, we don't need the cars. We'll f- <laughs> I don't know. Been saving a bunch. Um, Makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. So yeah, a little bit of a shorter one on this one, unfortunately, because not too bad. Not no. a whole, not a whole lot to go off of. Um, but that's kind of the point. But yeah, sad, sad all the same. So, um, what do we got? What do we got? We got 
Uh, what do I have next? Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I don't have it. I think it's about time we do an Urban Legends. It's been a little while. That sounds great. That sounds... I want to get back into some area-specific ones. Yep. That'd be fun. So if and you I've been guys, trying to just like go off of... Again, I'm trying not to like do anything that we've done within like the last 10 episodes or so, which is hard to do. You do your cryptid, then you do your... Uh, cryptid, then you do your... Ghost, yeah. alien, conspiracy. So I'll try to... I'm bringing something not maybe new, but something we haven't done in a while. So. Okay. We got Lizard Man coming out right now. Yeah, it should have been out by the time you guys have heard this. Probably been out for like a month. <laughs> but we get we're getting that out. Um, and then yeah, what else? What else we got going on right now? It's really about it. Just keep making episodes during during COVID. Not a whole lot else to do right now. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Hope everybody's Y'all doing well. Y'all are in your house a lot more, so if it's haunted, I imagine you're seeing some stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are, please let us know. Get out. I mean, do what you need to do also, to I'm sorry, be safe. That kind of sucks. Exactly. Yeah. Do what you need to do to be safe. But tell us about it. <laughs> Socially distance with the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Cart, six feet. Length six away. feet. Get away. Yeah. They just oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when are we going to hear from Squatch again? You know, I think um, I think he's been trying to be responsible. He's been away in his cave, trying to socially distance. But um, he's he's starting to run out of Moses family jerky. So I think um, he might be forced to come out of the cave. Him and us, we need to re-up. And, yeah. So we we should be seeing him soon. Okay. Cool. Hopefully his, his growl is as... <laughs> vivacious powerful as, yeah <laughs> vivacious that's a great word as powerful as it was um okay cool all Sounds right like we got the next couple of weeks locked mm-hmm. month even yep so hit us up people we want to hear from you can't yep. say that enough yep drill it home drive it home drill it home drill it in drive it home drive it home in your green van <laughs> there you go <laughs> always be skeptical of green vans Oh, man. Especially if it's a Pacifica. All right. I think that'll do it. So until next time, everybody, always stay Stay toasty. toasty.